and welcome back to SEMA's podcast, Y'all Ready for This, where we talk about all things emergency preparedness to make sure that you and your family are ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster right here in Chatham County. This week, we are excited to be joined by the National Weather Service's Ron Morales, um, who is going to be talking to us about Hurricane Preparedness Week. Yes, believe it or not, we are in the midst of Hurricane Preparedness Week. So Ron, thank you so much for being here today and joining us again on our podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. And Larisha Mance is back. She is our administrative assistant. Larisha is my co-host. She is fabulous. You guys will love her again this week. Larisha, thank you for joining me again. Thank you. All right. So Ron, let's go ahead and start off this conversation with a question that is on everybody's mind. There's this article that came out saying that hurricane season is starting early. Can you tell us anything about that? Is hurricane season actually going to start on May 15th for 2021? What do you know? Yeah, that's a good question. So as far as I know, officially, the, the season itself officially isn't starting earlier. It's still June 1st to November 30th. But you can think of a season for weather like any other season, even severe weather. It never falls exactly in that box. So as we know, and those of you that live around here know that in the past, gee, three, four, five years at least, we've had May storms. Uh, early June storms or whatever. So that's before the official season begins. So people are starting to feel like the hurricane season is starting earlier. Um, I think unofficially, you could make that argument, but still officially it's June 1st to November 30th. And probably down the road, it'll be looked at as to whether or not the window of this season needs to be expanded. Okay, good to know. Thanks. So just to make sure everyone's on the same page, can we get like a little vocabulary lesson here? Can you tell me the definition of a tropical cyclone and then I have tropical storms and a hurricane and what are the differences with these terms? So a tropical cyclone is kind of uh, like a generic term, if you will, for a tropical system. And they're called tropical cyclones or cyclones in different parts of the world whereas we call them hurricanes here in the Atlantic and Caribbean Gulf of Mexico area. So the, the, your other part of the question was uh, tropical storms, did you say, or? Yes, tropical storms and hurricanes. So tropical storms, that's kind of the entry level, if you will, of a tropical system. So that's where sustained winds, meaning constant winds, <clears throat> excuse me, are roughly about 40 miles per hour all the way up to about 73 miles per hour, that would be a tropical storm. You can get some higher gusts in there, uh, hurricane force gusts in a tropical storm. That's also the point at which the storm gets a name, like Debbie or Chris. It, it actually gets an official name from the National Hurricane Center. As it increases in its strength to 74 miles per hour or greater sustained winds, then it becomes a hurricane. And then there's classifications of hurricanes. There's category one, two, three, four, and five, five being the worst. And so once you get to category three, that's what we consider a major hurricane, mainly due to its winds. It's not a one-to-one -one comparison to wind and what kind of storm surge or rainfall occurs, but just due to the winds, that's where that Saffir-Simpson scale category comes from, category one, two, three, four, five. It's just based off of the sustained winds. Awesome, thank you. 
So let's say there's a tropical cyclone heading towards somewhere along the east coast of the United States. Uh, there's so many different pieces of information getting thrown at everybody. You've got meteorologists saying things, emergency managers saying things, and then you've even got Joe Blow down the street creating their own website saying things about these tropical cyclones. Where is the best place to look for information and what role does the National Weather Service play in sharing information during a storm like this? Yeah, that's actually a very good question and, and one that takes a little bit to unpack and to answer because what I don't wanna come across here is to say that only the National Weather Service is who you should listen to because it really depends on what you want. We particularly cater to the emergency management and media communities. So like yourself, SEMA for Chatham County, you know, we are briefing Chatham County Emergency Management who then can go ahead and brief all their constituents, including the general public. But what you wanna be careful is, is you wanna make sure that your source of information is credible and reliable. I would not recommend following just somebody, as you said, Joe Blow on the internet or on social media. That could be very, very, that could be dangerous for you and your family. You might get incorrect information, also inconsistent information. And what I mean by that is we wanna make sure that the message that we're sending, the message that SEMA is sending, the message that you know WSAV or some other TV station is sending is all pretty much the same. I mean, there might be some differences, but for example, you don't wanna go to one of those sources that says the hurricane is going to hit Savannah and another source says that it's going to hit Buford County, South Carolina, okay? In theory, that could happen. There is no law, there's no rule out there that says that an agency you know, has to say the same thing as the National Weather Service, okay? It's, it's kind of like a, a, an agreement, if you will, a gentleman's agreement where we all wanna stay on the same page to get that same consistent message. Why is that important? Well, you don't wanna confuse people. Even consistent doesn't mean it's going to be right because we all know that there's problems with the accuracy of the forecast, it's difficult. It's very difficult to do. So I think that if you are, wherever you are, if you're the general public, probably sources would be the national, all of the you know, National Weather Service, your local emergency management, and possibly your local trusted weather person, a meteorologist or weathercaster or whatever on TV usually. Hopefully we're all saying more or less the same thing. So it really, you're going to get different things from those people. You're going to get different information. You're going to get very different in, or a, a different level of information, different level of, of, of detail from say the national weather service as you would from the person on TV that has three minutes or less to talk about the hurricane and what it's going to do to your area. So that's a long winded answer, I guess, to say it depends, but to make sure that it's the, the source is credible and, uh, you know, someone like a Chatham emergency management or, you know, your local TV station or your hopefully local national weather service, local, or excuse me, national hurricane center. The reason why I kind of left that one at the end was that the national hurricane center takes care of the entire country 
or all of our coastline, right? Not just Chatham County. We specifically here at our office in Charleston, South Carolina are worried about Chatham County. We're, we're taking that National Hurricane Center big picture and bringing it down to the smaller picture in Chatham County. You could still go to the National Hurricane Center directly and go to their webpage and you'll probably see them on CNN as well doing an update you know, in front of the camera, but it's gonna be a very high level update. They're very rarely gonna say, you know, something as detailed as what's going to happen at Tybee Island, for example, whereas we could give that or SEMA could give that or even your local TV station. So that's what I mean about it kind of depends on what level of information you need, the detail, but just make sure that whatever that source is, that it's a credible, reliable source. So Ron, you mentioned like things being shared on social media. So say we're preparing for a storm and all over social media, we see this graphic or this like giant cone. Can you tell me specifically what that is and what information does it, does it give that we need to know? Sure, it's a great question. And I'll do my best to describe this without a picture in front of me. So just for the listeners, uh, you know, try to describe, this is the graphic that you see everywhere that you see on TV, that you see from our webpage and the National Hurricane Center webpages on our briefings. And what it basically shows is the basic stuff that is on there is the track of the hurricane, the kind of center line, if you will, of where the center is going to go. And also you'll see this shaded, what we call cone around it. And the big takeaway from this is, is that cone is not an area of impact, meaning that is not where you are necessarily, you know, just if you're in there, you're going to get the wind and the rain and the storm surge. That is an area of uncertainty of where the storm track or the storm center could go. And that is built off of, <clears throat> excuse me, that is built off of errors from the forecast track from the past five years of storms. So it's actually not the error of the actual storm you're looking at. That's I don't want to confuse people, but it is important to know that the error may be actually a lot greater or, a lot, or even less than what that is showing. But that cone that you see, you can think of it as there's a, there's a uh, roughly 70% chance that the, the storm could track within that five days of that track anywhere within that cone. So do a little thought process like, well, if I'm on the left side, if the storm tracks to the left on the left side of this cone, what's that going to mean to me? Is it going to be more storm surge? Is it going to be stronger winds? Those are things, questions that you can start to answer for yourself or, or vice versa all the way to the right. Now, keep in mind, the track is going to change every six hours or so from the forecast, but it'll start to lock in as confidence increases with that forecast. But you don't want to get stuck on looking at a track forecast from a couple of days ago and maybe you were good and you that's that's called um, um oh I forget what, what that's called uh where people lock into something from a few days ago and then they kind of walk away and and don't get an update. So be be mindful of that. The other things that are on that graphic are the watch warnings like hurricane watches and warnings, tropical storm watches and warnings, storm surge watches and warnings are on that, depicted on the coastline of that graphic as well. So there's lots of information there that you can get out of it. And if you know how to read it, 
you know, can be a very useful tool. Yeah, absolutely. I find myself getting on the soapbox a lot when it comes to that graphic because people think they understand everything that it, it tells you, but there's so much complexity that goes into that graphic. And what our director always says is that it's really a tool for emergency managers. It's a tool to help us explain what you need to do and what the impacts might be in our community. It, it's not generally meant for the general population. So just I, keep that yeah. in mind, listeners. Um, I, I agree with that. That's that's a good statement. And, and I want to go back too quickly. I forgot. Notice I said about 70% of the time the storm could fall within that, that cone historically uh, by the statistics of the last five years of track forecast errors. But that means 30% roughly of the time it's going to potentially fall even outside of that. And that could mean a very big difference of you might be seeing a cone that's down in East Central Florida. And then um, maybe it nudges a little bit up, but you're still way out of the cone and you're thinking you're good to go. Remember, that cone is not an impact area. So you could have a very strong and expansive storm making landfall, say, in St. Augustine, Florida, several hours car ride south of, of Savannah. But there still could be storm surge, heavy rainfall, potentially tornadoes, and even some gusty uh, winds with a system you know, th that the center is that further south because the impacts are not just at the center there, they expand. So um, that's why this is difficult to do. And like you said, is you can't just look at a graphic and get everything from that picture. You have to put all those pieces together, listening to forecasts from your emergency management, local media, National Weather Service, National Hurricane Center, and following the trends of those forecasts as time goes on so that you, hey, this is getting worse or seems like it's getting a little better, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Ron, I've been here right about five years and I still hear it, even though we've had Matthew and Irma and everything else. We're never gonna have a direct hit here in Chatham County. Georgia coastline, the way it sticks out into the Atlantic, we're never gonna have a direct hit. What do you think? Is Are those rumors true? Is it is it possible that we would never have a direct hit here in, in you know coastal Georgia? No, uh, it's not true and history tells us that it wasn't true. Now it was more than a hundred years ago, but uh, especially in the 1800s, all the way up into maybe the early 1900s, your area was hit quite frequently and with some, and some pretty strong storms. And there was Hurricane David, it was a category one back in like 1990 or something like that. And there's been certainly others in recent history that have come close enough to cause your, your area damage. Matthew, for example, uh, possibly even Irma gave you storm surge. Isaias, you know, we've had coastal runners, we, we call them as well. So no, that is absolutely not true. There is no meteorological reason for why a storm, and I and I'm pray and hope that it will never happen to you, but there is no meteorological reason that says a storm won't make landfall in Chatham County or somewhere around you. It's just been the way, for whatever reason, the patterns, the steering patterns, think of a Think of a hurricane as almost like a pinwheel in a stream. And that stream has largely been pointing parallel and just to the north of say the Savannah area for the last hundred years. With climate change, which will change not only our overall temperatures in the, on the earth, that will also change patterns to where storms track, move, how strong they get, how fast they move, how much rainfall they produce. 
all of that is up for grabs and nobody knows how to forecast that well at all. We have ideas, but think about that. It's hard enough to get the forecast tomorrow correct. Imagine getting a forecast for the next 100 years correct. <laughs> Just let that stick in your brain for a second and think about how you have, to, you have to forecast the entire globe when you're doing climate forecasting. You have to have that entire globe in your model and then you have to integrate it or push it out into the future decades to 100 years or more. Very, very difficult to do. So, no, that's not true. You can get hit. <laughs> so, and I Ron, mean, and I don't mean to it, laugh about that. In, in saying all of that, what is the largest hazard for Chatham County residents um, from a tropical cyclone? Yeah, this is a, a not such an easy question. And I think that it, it largely depends on where you are where you are elevation wise, you know, where you are in relation to the ocean, to a river, to a city. Overall, you know, being that Chatham County is a coastal county, you would have to put storm surge up there pretty high that storm surge, which is just in the most basic sense, water that is pushed from the ocean toward the coastline by the winds of the storm. So if you just, it's like, you know, you're in a swimming pool and you're and you're pushing your hand with the water, the top of the water, that water has to go somewhere. Well, it, it travels out in the open ocean and by the time it reaches the coastline, uh, it gets shallower and that water has nowhere to go but to run up and flood. So flooding by uh, storm surge, coastal flooding, combined with, if it's combined with heavy rainfall at the time in poorly drained low-lying areas of, of the area are going to suffer even more catastrophic flooding issues. So even, even outside of storm surge, if you're like, well, I don't live near the coast or I don't live near any big body of water. I live up by I-95 or even west of there of Chatham County. Well, flooding, rainfall flooding can still be a big issue. You can get 10, 20 or more inches of rain from a, a tropical system. And notice I said tropical system, not hurricane. It doesn't have to be a hurricane. In fact, we know historically that a lot of even weaker systems, tropical depressions, so that's prior to them even being named or being strong enough to be named can produce tremendous amounts of rainfall enough to cause uh, flooding. Second to that would be probably wind, especially uh, those structures that are close to the coast, exposed to that very high wind coming off the ocean before it gets broken up by land, trees, buildings, what we call frictional effects. Uh, so wind is certainly a big issue as well. And most people don't realize that tornadoes float around out in hurricanes as well in tropical systems, but um, for the most part, that's that's a, probably a lower priority to be worried about um, for most systems since those are going to be more sporadic and kind of scattered about. Great. Thanks. Okay. So, Ron, we have um, maybe made our listeners kind of sad today um, and all of the things that could happen within our community. I always like to end our podcast on a more positive note. So let's say our listeners were successfully frightened by some of the, the stories that you told here today and they want to do something, they wanna be active. What's something that listeners can do right now to prepare for hurricane season? Well, yeah, you're, you're right. It is a frightening thing to think about and actually frankly can be overwhelming because people think, well, what's the point? Uh, you know. 
I've got storm surge issues and wind issues. But they're, they're, to all this madness, if you will, and this potential frightening type of information, it's an awareness, right? So first you want to be aware. You never want to be in the situation where you're like totally unaware that these are issues. And you think, well, how's that possible? But it is. There are a lot of people, a lot of people moving down to your area and our area up here in Charleston from other places. Let's just say other places that are are not experiencing or have experienced really hurricanes as a big issue. And they come down here and they hear a podcast like this, or they go to a presentation from SEMA and they say, I had no idea what I was moving into. So the first of all, this is really an awareness. You can do things to mitigate these issues. You know, um, obviously if your house is raised up more, you know, that's going to lessen the exposure to flooding. You know, if it's built to proper coating, it's going to lessen the, the impacts of strong wind, you know, strapping of your uh, roofs to walls and walls to floors. Okay, there's all the whole construction side of that. The good news about that is, is we, as we live in an area that's hurricane prone, those codes are better than other parts of the country. For example, maybe um, somewhere 40 or 50 miles inland of Chatham County will not have the same codes as maybe closer to Tybee County. Tybee Island or, or Chatham County itself, because you've got better building codes, presumably due to the fact that you could be exposed to strong hurricane force winds. That's a good thing. Um, have a plan now. It, it's very hard. I find it hard myself to come up with a go kit, you know, of all the things that you could put in a kit and a bucket and throw in your car and evacuate or whatever. But it's things to start thinking about. Will you evacuate? Do you need to evacuate? Have you done this before? Where, where will you go? Is there a relative you could go to or do you need to go to a hotel? Um, the sooner you do that, the better, all that kind of stuff. So these are things to at least start to think about. And it's overwhelming, I know, especially if it's the first time and you're not going to be able to tackle it all right now. But pick one or two of them, like maybe thinking about how to fortify your home a little better if that's a possibility or or, um, you know, what kind of things would you put in your go kit and where would you go? Those are all Red Cross and other agencies do great jobs with giving you exhaustive lists of things to, to put on those. So, you know, I think that the more aware you are, the more educated you are by nature, even if you don't feel it, you actually are more prepared. Even if you feel like you didn't do anything, you actually are more prepared because you won't be broadsided by the fact that these things can cause a lot of harm and a lot of destruction and damage. So that that's a good thing. You know, you can feel good about the fact that you're listening to this right now and and you're one step closer than you were 10 minutes ago. So I don't know how uplifting that is, but <laughs> Well, it certainly made me feel good. I mean, listeners, yeah. you guys are already one step closer than you were at the beginning of this podcast. And if you continue listening, you continue engaging, you're going to have so much more that you're going to know. And knowledge is power, um, as Ron was saying. So th thank you guys so much. I hope that this was a helpful podcast, a helpful episode. This is the beginning of our hurricane season edition of all of our different episodes that are building up to this hurricane season. So be sure to tune in next week, listeners, as we are going to be talking about Chatham County's Evacuation Assistance Program, or what we like to call the Evacuation Assembly Area, the EAA. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Brian. You're welcome.